That's me on the podcast Sharing a song With something to say about it With Thin Lear And Diagra Moon Losing my opinion Hey, so the results are in. What results? Well, we had our survey. Oh, right. Last week. Yeah, the survey. I heard we got some nice responses in there. Thank you, everyone, for doing that. They're starting to trickle in. We're we're still keeping it going. It's still open. I'll I'll post in this episode too. It's not closed yet, but yeah, we we got some feedback. What people like, what they're responding to. And you're announcing that you're leaving the show today. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is all so I could find my successor. <laughs> right. It's playing bore on the floor over here. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So our listeners are all over the place. We got people in Scotland, Germany. I asked people, we asked, I should say. Uh, it was, I'm listening. Their... I'm doing more listening than asking. <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, I asked people what have been some of their favorite segments on the show so far or guests. Some, the first person was kind enough to say uh, they've enjoyed all the episodes so far. Uh, the gym playlist one was hilarious. Uh, I assume they mean yours. Oh, naturally. Maybe, maybe they meant mine. We both did gym playlist episodes. <laughs> we did. Yeah, it was a, it's a good topic. It's a juicy topic. Yeah, I haven't been to the gym in a while. Me neither. I got sick and it was just like, uh. Yeah, now that it's it's crap weather out, I got to got to get back in the the swing of Rise it. and grind set, you know. Yeah. Lord. Uh somebody else uh, really liked the the kiss episode. Oh boy. We got a lot of flack for that. <laughs> uh the Dave Barry's worst songs list. Hey, all right. That was a highlight for him. And uh, the sound of 2009, Ooh, I can claim that wow. one. Sweet disposition. And then somebody else said, uh, in terms of guests, they really loved uh, Matt Farley. Oh, yeah. I mean, come on. They also liked the uh, the episode talking about YouTube kids music. <laughs> well, we can come back to that topic anytime you'd like, because we cycle through fresh ones like it's nobody's business. Good. All right. You got some new stuff in there because you're saying it's the same five songs over and over morning. And you know, morning. I, it gives me a hankering for the old ones sometimes, you know, because sometimes we get some oh, new ones introduced there that are just like worse than garbage truck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that still is the worst. That's one of the worst things I've ever heard <laughs> with my ears. And then we also, as I mentioned uh, last week, you know, part of the surveys, you get to suggest potential uh, segment ideas, you know, any requests you might oh, have for yeah. a future episode. So I, I don't want to share those here. Well, use them. You know, they could end up being content. Yeah. We don't want to spoil the surprise. Um, all that to say, thank you for everybody's written in so far. Mm. And uh, yeah, it's nice to feel the love. It is nice to feel the love. It amazes me that anyone can listen to this for longer than five minutes, let alone the number of people that do each week. So thank you. But hey, ooh, wait, we got to transition now. Do some kind of thundercrack in the edit. Ooh, it's a spooky music podcast. It's an organ playing. Um, it's so hard to see the screen with all these cobwebs in the way, right? It is a little bit. So now. we're both wearing Dracula outfits now, which is embarrassing. I didn't think we'd both. Choose. I want to tell you what I'm listening. I didn't to. think we'd both choose the same thing here. It was. It's very. You know, we both have old school Dracula, like Bela Lugosi outfits on. But look, Halloween's my favorite holiday. Well, can I? Oh, we got to introduce the show first, right? I, we got to introduce uh, the show. I know I'm you're, chomping you're at the bit. ready to get going here, but uh, this is a particularly spooky episode Ooh. of Losing My Opinion. Mm -hmm. I am 
Guinness guzzling Ugh. indie artist Niagara Moon, aka Thomas Irwin. I never thought I'd like that beer. I thought it was too watery. It's it's my little milkshake treat at the end of the day now. I'm all about it. Wow, I am teetotaler, non-drinker, uh, thin lear, aka Matt Longo. I don't know if you've known this, but I've I've never actually been drunk. I've been, I've been drunk one time in my whole life. Did you know that? Mm. I think if people if people were to look at us, they would say it would be you if there was one of us who would, has not been drunk. Why? Because I weigh like 125 pounds. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know. Very studious. Yeah, you seem more wholesome, I, I feel. Yeah, I didn't know you were um, not the, the drinking type. Yeah. You're not missing out on much, but this is, uh, I guess you're doing Halloween segments this week and next. Yeah, yeah, right? because you're, last you're week I messed this up. time of year. I wanted to do it more weeks than this, but yeah, it's my favorite holiday. I can't get enough of it. Usually I do a big horror movie marathon like a few weeks before. Had to cut back, obviously, because of the baby. I can't have like some horrific B movie on the screen traumatizer. Well, we got to talk about some spooky music. Uh, I went the route as you did of horror movie music last year, and I feel like that's kind of the easy way out. And I might come back to it. You know, I want to talk about Goblin. Got to talk about Goblin. Yeah, iconic music from horror movies. There's certainly yeah. a lot to pick from there. Yeah. Yeah, and I've also already talked about what I feel is the scariest album of all time in Scott Walker's The Drift. Yeah. I stand by that. I know I sort of... Uh, that was not comfortable. That was not a friendly listen. It was an early podcast take. Uh, still rings true for me. But today, I'm going to give you a smattering of songs from all different genres that, regardless of the season, get me into a creepy place. Um, so I think the title of um, the episode today, and you can write this down. If you, you have a pen? Uh, let me shuffle through yeah. my belongings here. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Thin Lear's Halloween playlist for the discerning spooky season fan. End quote. That's good. It's nice and concise. Yeah. Tight. Uh, this is an upscale Halloween party. You know what I mean? There's no monster mash to be found here, though I do love that song and insane vocal. If you like, you could rank these. There's no pressure to. But I want to know, do you get that same creepy feeling in your gut? Um, these come from all different places, all shapes and sizes, very different artists. I'm not sticking with any genre. Hmm. I kind of want to, uh, run the gamut here and try to figure out why you get a Halloween feeling from these songs. Cause it's not like, it's not, no, in no song is it like overtly apparent, like this is a Halloween vibe song, but I feel like it's there. So I'm going to start off with an artist that is ungoogleable. So, <laughs> the artist, I, maybe I'm mispronouncing this. I trust I'm not. Is it the the? No, though that is unsearchable. Title of the project is ooh. So it's. <laughs> I'll just. Oh I'll just, great! Yeah, I'll just punch that up right now. O O H, you say? No, not even that. I'm going to put it into the chat because you literally are not going to be able to find it. I want you to type that artist name. And track. Okay, it is ooh. It's capital O, lowercase O, capital yeah, yeah. O, lowercase O. Okay. I think this is Witch House. I mean, if somebody's actually into Witch House, please tell me if I'm wrong here. But like, <sighs> I remember hearing that term and never understanding. I don't what know. It meant the Witch House. I was genre. always confused. Yeah. I, it's a lot of upside down crosses and like really sleek. It's like it's a genre that's like creepy electronica with like pitched vocals, high or low. I hardly know anything about this artist other than they have killer album covers, like very cool album covers. I love this song. I don't remember how I found it, 
they got some pitch down vocals here with some fuzzy synths and they have a video. I know normally we don't do a lot of video content on the show for obvious reasons, but if you're listening to this, you should check out this video because it is deeply unsettling. It's like, Oh, it's by uh, Daniel Lopatin of uh, one of tricks point. Never. He did the video. Yeah. Wow. My go-to sleep aid music guy. Yeah. There you go. I mean, he makes some Halloweeny music. Take a listen to this song and tell me if you feel like it, it's it's right for a Halloween playlist because I feel like it is. I feel like I'm on the right track here. All right. Is the artist no? This is the song. The artist the, is ooh, and the, the song, song is S E A W W. So so. Okay. So. Yeah. Oh my, yeah. They really didn't want people to find this. <laughs> They're not looking to be found. It's actually lowercase o, uppercase o, lowercase o. Uppercase O, uppercase O. Oh, I'm sorry. Anybody's yeah, I, I, keeping track at home. I did it wrong. Maybe that's why I had trouble finding them. Uh, yeah, this this video looks cursed here. This video is like if Microsoft Encarta was designed by David Cronenberg. something very dreamlike about it like i feel like i'm just waking up or something right like my brain isn't totally on i'm like i'm in the sunken place yeah it's a farty synth does this make you want to go see a show in a church basement in greenpoint it does have spooky vibes but it's it's I feel like you're not sold on this as a Halloween song. It's very specific. Like, it can only be a Halloween song if it's, like, 80s nostalgia night. Okay. And everybody's dressed like their favorite 80s horror movie character. Okay. You couldn't just put this on at a haunted house and everything makes sense. Like, it's, I don't know, it's it's too... Unless it's a real 80s-themed haunted it, house. It's Yeah, it's, it's, it's too tied to the 80s. Hey, all right. You know, I could be wrong now. I don't think so. Let's listen to another one. It's creepy. It is creepy. All right. I'm, I'm going to swing big for a second here because I feel like All I right. was too tepid. This is Pharmacon. So she's awesome. I'm definitely going to pronounce her name wrong. Margaret Chardier. Chardier. Um, this is a true Sacred Bones artist right here. It's like, Sacred um, Bones. You know, if I was going to guess what label um, she was on, I would say Sacred Bones. She, she's made consistently unsettling music for many years now. You could choose a lot of her songs for this purpose, but this one takes the cake in terms of just being brutally scary, like confrontationally mm. scary. Um, I've heard, I've never seen her play live, but I've heard her shows are similarly intense. But this is like a grinding. If that last song was like Fright Night, this song is like Martyrs or 
I don't know, saw Ir- like like irreversible. Some, yeah, like you. So you wish you hadn't seen it after you saw it. But it's but it's enticing. Final scene of audition or something. Oh God, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's not even enjoyable to watch that. <sighs> kitty, kitty, kitty. All right. So, Pharmacon body betrays itself. That's an ominous title. The mm-hmm. the stills I'm seeing in YouTube are not making me comfortable. No, sweet album covers that make you, uh, they're not appetizing. You don't want to eat looking at those album covers. Oh, so it's going to be like that then. Yeah, this is like some Silent Hill 2 shit. Yeah, this is making me scared sitting here in my basement right now. I feel like someone's going to hit me over the back of the head. Yeah, this, this is grim. This is the dark stuff here. This is, this is rough. <laughs> So would you put this on at your Halloween party? The last Halloween party I ever threw. (laughs) This is fucked. That's great. This definitely accomplished what it set out to do. Yes, it it achieves its mission. How How do you know this song? Like, where do you come across this shit? I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember. It's not something I listen to like on a weekly basis. I'll say. I would hope not. Uh, yeah, that that's that that's the sh- the shit right there. It's like that's pummeling. Good. Yeah. Okay, so that gets ranked to number one. Then you feel like that yeah. fits in nicely. Yeah, that that's gonna be hard to top. Okay. Hey, all right. Hey, I, I don't know if I'm gonna top it, but I, we'll see. Oof, Pharmacon, you say? Pharmacon. Yeah. Um, let's go in a different direction. I, I, we've never talked about this band, but I feel like you probably like them. Have you ever listened to Suicide? I know the name. Okay. It's hard to forget. Sure. Uh, I don't think I've ever heard their music. I know they're like wow. post-punk, early 80s, right? Yeah, it's like really um, dark, hollowed out synth music, uh, very elemental, but also strangely melodic at the same time, even working with like a few sparse sounds like they still manage to deliver really memorable melodies it's alan vega martin rev hmm. these fellas they deserve their own episode because they have they have um a record that is just like pretty perfect almost like a marquee moon type situation where they, they just hit this peak and they don't have a lot of albums but you know they have one really perfect record um which house i don't think has anything on this band uh this is a scary tune called frankie teardrop it's on a record full of unsettling songs. This one is about a factory worker who goes crazy due to his poverty. So then he does his family in and then himself. And then he oh. goes to hell and the song follows him there. Hmm. Um, so it's darker than most horror movies. And it's really drone-like, which I think works for what they're trying to do. But um, take a listen because it's just like kind of builds and builds. It's very different than the last one. It's not, it's not pummeling. It's, it's simmering. Like it kind of just keeps growing and growing and you just get more and more unsettled and yeah. 
So this is from 1977. Okay, this is from yeah. their first album called Suicide. Yeah, that's that's a name. That's that's quite yeah, a pick. So, so, talk about yeah, ungoogleable in a different way. Jeez, after Pharmacon, I'm like hesitant to click on uh, this next choice of yours here. What a, what a twisted mind you got there, Thin Lear. It's different. This is a different song. Sure, sure. I'm going to end on a bang, by the way. I do feel like I can, I can top that. Oh, man. And this is ten and a half minutes long. We're going to listen to the whole thing. Noted. Strap in. Frankie Teardrop. 20-year-old Frankie He's married, he's got a kid And he's working in a factory He's working from 7 to 5 Who isn't? (laughs) Real callous response to this song He's just trying to survive. Kind of an Elvis thing going on with the Let's hear for Frankie. I guess. <laughs> Frankie, Frankie. That's a vibe. I'm intrigued. Mm. Would you put this on at a party? And walk out of your bathroom covered in blood? Don't go in there, anybody. <laughs> but Frankie can't make it. So it just kind of keeps building. Because things are just too hard. Frankie can't make enough money. Frankie can't buy enough food. That's a real horror of our world, Matthew Longo. Well, it's capitalism. That's what I'm saying. But you should buy our records. Well, Just make the, make the capitalistic exceptions and buy our music. Well, Frankie, Frankie. This is a vibe. Yeah, I feel yeah. like... It's hard to just listen to the first two minutes. It seems like a, a whole yeah. ride. Yeah, that's a song that you need to just sit and listen to all the way through. Well, Frankie, Frankie. I'm intrigued. I got two more. All right. This one, look, I try not to be annoying on this podcast. I try not to be annoying. I know I don't succeed with that. And I don't gatekeep. You know, if I like something, talk about it. I try not to do the hipster thing of like, oh, I knew about this whenever. I loved Colin Stetson long before he did the Hereditary soundtrack. Oh, is that who did that horrifying soundtrack? Yes, yes. Okay. and he did such a good job. And I remember thinking... I first saw him play, you know, one of his gigantic saxophones or whatever it is, bassoon or I don't even know what the instrument is that he's playing. Bass I think saxophone. It's a, That's what it says here. Oh, bass sax. Yeah, it's like massive. Next register under baritone. Yeah, it's it's deep. Uh, I first saw him play with St. Vincent on some talk show and it was a real like, who is that moment? It's like very clear that, um, you know, he's, he's gifted. And I listen to a lot of his solo records. They're always very consistently great. And he does he does wild things with the instrument. Like, imagine being so good at your instrument that you make a new sound with it. Like he has such a, a different way of approaching it that it's like um, it's like Ornette Coleman or something, where it's just like I, I feel like I just haven't heard someone do stuff with the instrument the way that whatever he's doing. It's very fresh. Mm. Um, and this song in particular just sounds like agony. 
and it's frenetic, but it's also very beautiful. And really everything that Hereditary is as well. So I can see why they got him for that, because he does like that combination of like glimmering, beautiful, but like brutal and shocking in equal measure. Mm. And this song is a good precursor. I want to start at the beginning. Um, this is a live video, a takeaway show that we have referred to in our podcast with uh, Small Songs, fella. Oh, yeah, the channel Blogatique, Blogatech. La Blogatique, yeah. On YouTube, yeah, they do takeaway shows. Yeah, Vincent Moon. Yeah, this is a great one. And I want to just start off at the beginning and then sort of take you to where it really amps up. And right. um, yeah, I think you'll like it. And the song's called Among the Ceph. Yes. S-E-F. He also just plays all this by himself. Like he, he makes a, a lot of sound with just him. Just him and his, his giganto saxophone. Him and his giant horn. Do you play these songs for your family? No. Nobody wants to listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wants to hear these songs. Play it for Emily. She might like some of them. I think she would like this song that we're about to listen to. I think she'd really, really? like. Yes. Okay. That would right. be my prediction. If you're listening in the car, Emily... Colin Stetson, Among the Ceph, uh, is featured on Blogotech. The Blogotech. Yeah, this is an A24 trailer already here. <laughs> What's wrong with mommy? sewer tunnel. to six minutes in. So you, you got to feel for what he's doing. Oh, boy. Listen to that. Ooh. Oh, Lordy. That's incredible. This is just one guy standing in a tunnel. Oh. Yeah, definitely you see why Ari Aster picked this guy. Yeah. It's it's uh it's unsettling, but it's it's just gorgeous. It's like a horrifying 
natural phenomenon. Like it's something oh, that exists in nature that yeah. must be, but also it's like, get the fuck away from me. It's like <laughs> maggots. I love that. I love it. Um, that actually, that moves me. Oh like yeah. It's, it's terrifying, but it moves me. It is perfect for I, spoilers for a hereditary, I guess, but a climax where you kind of feel <laughs> a mix of emotions a little bit. Yes. Where it, I don't know, that's like the great A24 thing where it's like a horrifying conclusion, but also there's like some catharsis. Catharsis, yeah, yeah of some it's, kind. It's yeah. like that Triumph. fucked up combo of emotions. Yeah. You ever see um, St. Maud? We already talked about this, man. You got Daddy Dementia. Oh, where we watched it in the yeah, same day. Yeah, we watched it yeah. the same yeah, day. Yeah, we yeah. talked about it spontaneously on this podcast. That same thing, yeah, like uh, that's a, that's another great flick with that sort of But that ending, atmosphere. you know, where it's just like – yeah. You know, that mixture of stuff. Spoilers yeah, yeah, yeah. all over the place here. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah. The spoiler alert. A24 movie has a crazy ending. All right. I'm going to end on, I think, a very good one. Um, These have mostly been pretty unsettling. You've, you've done quite great. well here today. Very nice. Oh, and we're back to Scott Walker. I had to come back to my boy, Scott. Uh, so we weren't going to get out of this episode without coming back to Scott Walker. Uh, this is like, no one was doing what he was doing when the Walker brothers made the electrician, like this is really where Scott Walker became rejuvenated by this new creative direction. hundred percent broke from the swinging pop tunes that came before he never went back. Um, this has been described as a love song about American complicity in central American torture regimes. So, uh, definitely an unsettling central thesis of the, uh, song. It sounds like this song's called the electrician. It's on a Walker Brothers record. It's like right before he started going, you know, full solo. So when is this from? I believe. Let me look up the exact date. I'm seeing 1978 on YouTube. Yes, that makes sense. Yeah. Because then right after that, he started just doing straight solo stuff. He never kind of came back to Walker Brothers. And this is really, this record is kind of just like a Scott Walker record. But he's never able to go creatively back again. He stayed in this disturbing world straight through the end, thankfully for us or not, depending on how you feel about him. Um, this album was heavily inspired by David Bowie's Heroes. Um, I don't hear it a ton. I, 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 I guess I hear it in the adventurousness. But uh, this this song is is unsettling. I, I don't think you can make the music that Scott Walker made, that this song in particular, without having fear of the subject that you're singing about yourself. Like how I imagine some horror movie directors are like terrified by their own subjects or ter- tortured by their own dreams that allow them mm. to make the movie. Sure. I, I see here in his voice that he himself is scared and it allows him to kind of project that onto the listener. Um, and there's like a little melodic bit in the beginning, in the middle of the song. Uh, take a listen to this. It's about CIA torture and it kind of sounds like it. And it's just um, d- a deeply unsettling song as Scott Walker does very well. Oh shit. This guy could have done an Ari Aster movie soundtrack. Oh yeah. Yeah, just meat sounds. Seventy-eight. That's nuts. Okay, imagine this coming out <laughs> that year. <laughs> Trying to listen the to like disco. Disco, yeah. 
You might want to inch it. I don't know exactly when the singer comes in. Let it breathe, man. Yeah, all right. I've listened to this all day. I got all the time in the world for Scott Walker. Baby, it's slow. I've heard this song before. Really? When lights go low. I, I think this was on the Bronson soundtrack. Really? That movie with uh, Tom no Hardy, yeah. Huh. Weird song. <laughs> I didn't know it was about CIA torture. Baby, it's slow. Yeah, this one always creeped me out. They were like a blue-eyed soul group, the Walker Brothers. This would be like... They were like the Partridge family. Yeah, yeah it'd be like if uh, the Jonas Brothers turned into like... Turned into ooh. Bauhaus or something. Like it's just... <laughs> yeah, it turns into ooh. That's just a great song on top of it. This this one's also a mix of emotions. Yeah. Kind of like that movie Bronson. Just, I don't know. I'm feeling confused. <laughs> I hear the Bowie connection between these two. Oh, do you think? Yeah. It's a chicken or the egg thing, though, with some of it. I think Bowie got the intro to Cat People off of this song. That's what I think. Oh, sure. I mean, it's before Cat People by a lot. Putting out fire. <laughs> Those fucking strings. Where yeah, are we? Oh, it's a great song. Yeah, that one's nuts. Love that tune. That's just brilliant. Um, I like all these songs that I played you today. Uh, there were a bunch of others that kind of didn't make the cut, but um, this is the discerning music fans Halloween playlist. I think I've I've built you a foundation, listener. Take it from here, <laughs> man. How many how many people coming to this party? Probably just me <laughs> in a bathrobe. <laughs> in a bath. Spirit to Sanctus. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I, I man, I I do think positively. Of of all these tracks he sang, you done there was there's not a bunk one in the bunch, but somewhere in terms of horror value, somewhere a little more effective than others. Mm. What, what would you rank tops? I mean, body betrays itself was just sure. Yeah. <laughs> that's just engineered to freak me out. <laughs> uh, Colin Stetson with that freaking saxophone mm-hmm. playing the the demon arpeggios. I mean, that's probably number two. Yeah, that's what it's known as in in the. Music theory. Frankie Teardrop was going somewhere pretty ominous. So yeah, you would love that that record. I think you'd really like that. Suicide I'll check album. it out. Yeah, a little bit of a Joy Division vibe. Yes. Yeah. All right. So uh, anyway, now that we're sufficiently freaked out, what have you been listening to? Listen, my opinion. Oh man, are you not doing a Halloween thing? That's kind of disappointing. I'm not doing a Halloween. I next week. I'm Come on. S- 
For me, Halloween is one day a year. I'm doing one. All right, I'm going to take off, take out these fangs. Let me take off the cape. Yeah, yeah. Set it aside for next week. Save it for next week. But no, today, today's a little bit of a mixed bag. Mix of feelings here. We'll start with the positive, but. All right, there's the saying, well, there's one saying that even a a broke clock tells the right time twice a day. Yes. There's that other adage about, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that word right, adage? Uh Adage. Let's go with adage. Adagio? Adagio. About, you know, if you have a thousand monkeys on a thousand typewriters typing for a thousand years, you'll get Shakespeare. You know, it's just a matter of time. Uh, That one doesn't make sense. The first one makes sense. You just get monkeys on typewriters for ages. For long enough. Enough monkeys, enough typewriters, enough years, you'll get Hamlet. Okay. I think of that when I think of the album that we're going to start off talking about today, which I love. It's a great album. Fantastic. New things emerge from it that I admire every time I listen to it. A masterwork. From an artist that I so do not enjoy, and there are so many examples of their work, time and time and time and time and time again, I'm like, oh, not for me, except for this one album. And it's very weird. It's a very weird thing. Are we talking about... Can I guess who we're talking about? Yeah, go go for it. You might get it. Is it Frank Zappa? It is. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. feel like there's like five, there's like five and me included. There's like five people I know who are like, I really want to like Frank Zappa. And like we keep going back to him. You keep trying to listen. I just like, I don't get it. But there's one album. Everybody's got one yes. Frank Zappa album. They're like, this album is the shit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, let's talk about it. And the album is. Hot rats, hot rats. <laughs> yes, we just we uh, we have pretty similar tastes. You and I, we differ in some places. But yeah, we've, I want to say to the listeners, we've never talked about this before. This is hilarious. I think it might have come up in passing on some episode forty years ago, but hmm. it's yeah, it's like I just could have had a telepathic sense right away. Don't like Frank Zappa, like hot rats. Like I just had that sense it's, about it you. It doesn't sound like his other stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's. He's done so many things. How many fucking albums did he make? He has posthumous a lot of and during his lifetime albums. bootleg live. Yeah, with Mothers of Invention solo. There's like fucking hundreds of albums. He's got a lot of music. Thousands of songs. Yeah. Why do I only like the five or six from Hot Rats? I don't know. I've tried so many times. I respect him so much. Like, I, re- I respect what he's done so much. I love what he's about. Like, his life story is great. Like, he, you know, he's just a really passionate and funny person. He's got cool, hot takes on things. He's an amazing guitar player. Uh, I love his concepts. But then I listen to the music and yeah. I just, I, I, I can't, I don't get it. Like, it's truly a not, quote unquote, not for me thing it's just it just goes over my head i bet every zappa fan in the world is used to not being able to share <laughs> the enthusiasm for the music with other people what a sad life they're used to yeah, it yeah what is sad i'm not interested in in bashing zappa no i it's really i don't get it like you know there are records that's just like i know like i hate this i'm just like you know what what is this <laughs> yeah it's all right off the top i know that i do not like his quote-unquote singing voice I, that's it's never going to be for me. It's enough to spoil. He could sing a day in the life. He could sing fucking Ode to Joy. If it's his voice, I'm just not going to enjoy it. Fine, I can check it off the list. That's me. That's my personal taste. I don't know how you feel, but then it's like 
he has all this instrumental music, much like uh, most of Hot Rats' instrumental. And why can't I ever, every album I try, and Lord knows I haven't tried them all because there's so many, but every time I try, mm-hmm. it doesn't scratch the itch that Hot Rats does. And I, I want to try to get to the bottom of it as much as I can today. Do you like Captain Beefheart? Uh, meh, but I still think there, there could be hope with me and Beefheart and clicking with that more. I haven't given, given okay. that as much time. Yeah I, yeah, I like a few of his records, Safe as Milk and um, Trap Mass Replica. Like, yeah, yeah there's, there's like fun. It's fun. It's like a little groovy. His voice is great. Yeah. And he's on this record. I love him on Willie the Pimp. Yeah. $20 bill, I can set you straight. Right. <laughs> It's great. I mean, all the I love the album top to bottom. I love the yeah. long form, just fucking rock and jam of gumbo variations. Uh, Peaches on regalia. Everybody loves His that. His song titles are yeah, they're all nuts. Something else. Son of Mister Green Jeans, classic. Peaches on regalia. The the you know famous Zappa song. We're gonna listen to that in a minute. Uh, it must be Camel. It's all fucking genius. It's great. It's so innovative and creative. The arrangements are impeccable. And wow, why only once? Why why only this time? It boggles my mind. Hmm. But we'll see, we'll see if we can make any progress there. I did I did Google, you know, I'm not the only person who has this opinion. I Googled around. Help me like Zappa. Help me like him beyond hot rats. What do you recommend? Well, if you like this direction, check out these albums. I couldn't click with the Grand Wazoo or Wacka Jawaka, whatever the fuck. Uh, Man, these album titles are yeah. great. <laughs> uh, but there's a couple that we could still explore. But- <laughs> Before I get too much more ahead of myself, if you never heard Zap, if you've never heard Hot Rats, it's some pretty groundbreaking shit. And let's let's play Peaches mm. on Regalia. Yeah, totally. Down to listen to that. This album is from 1969. Crazy early. For the most part, the music was made by, like everything you're going to hear is either Zappa or like there's a ton of overdubs. So it's either like Zappa or I think his name's Ian Underwood, one of the guys from Mothers of Invention who plays like all the flutes and fucking sax and and all these different instruments and maybe you get a session bassist and and drummer in there but beyond that it's like this very small crew just has this huge Mm. expansive never before heard sound uh it's it's quite Mm. something you know who introduced me to this record nate yeah knew it yes yeah because i was like committed to not being a zappa fan he's like oh he just likes this record and then he also doesn't like zappa beyond this album That's an opener. Fucking drums. Those drums, it's almost like can. You know, like, oh, yeah. So, like, really. It's my favorite part here coming up. Baseline is great. This guitar sound is like I never heard that before. 
flutes. This part's a little goofy, but whatever. I think that's part of it, right? This is where that, that combination of like tongue-in-cheek and seriousness works well. Masterwork. Just brilliant idea after idea. Isn't that part of it, though? Like, there are, there are whole elements of that song that, yeah, there are some goofy sections that are sort of knowingly. Barely, though. Still but Barely. But, but there's a lot of sincerity yeah. in the arrangement. I think it's the part that has always chased me away from Zappa is like, I don't know, I want more, something more sincere from him or whatever. But it's not the, it's not the point of some of his records. It's, it's like... The opposite, actually. Oh, yeah. Oh, he loves his 12-year-old boy humor. <laughs> oh, yeah. He, he loves his just gross-out jokes and weirdo insider references. And he's a, he's got, hey, Zappa fans, this isn't something you haven't heard before. It's it's a hard world to get into. Yeah. Like I said, I'm I'm not paying attention to any stuff with his his voice or his lyrics. I don't really care. He's He's got plenty of instrumental stuff, mm-hmm. plenty of stuff with other vocalists on it. I don't know. Let, let's let's try a non-Hot Rats song here. Let's see if we can get anything out of this. Okay. Okay, have you heard this before? Uh, I have not. This was okay, something great. that... So this is uh, 1976 album Zoot Allure. One of 600. One of, yeah. But I did identify this as one that is instrumental and kind of has a jazzy, jazzier leaning, uh, not necessarily packed full of joke sounds, hopefully... See if if this scratches the same itch at all. Okay, Jazz Leaning sounds like the name of a Frank Zappa album. Well, he does have Jazz from Hell, which is a great album title. I'll give him credit for that. All right, here we go. This is Zoot Allure. Let's see if we can get anything out of this one. I'm coming in with an open mind here, I just want to say. me too. Hey, if if I can start to enjoy his music, it's more for me to have. Exactly. I I would love to have it resonate with me. I do like the sounds the palette he's using. I don't know if it's locking me in though, it's very meandering. I don't love it as much as the last one, uh, but I do. I sonically, I like it. All right, it's, it's a mood. It's yeah. It's not something I could always listen to. Did I just accomplish my own goal right away here on the show? <laughs> yeah, I get it's not as good, but it's not 
pushing me away like so much of his other stuff. Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. It's like good guitar histrionic music, you know, yeah. that gets made a lot these days. It's got some texture. I mean, I know you got Joe's Garage. I know that's the album a lot of people point mm-hmm. to. And Watermelon in Easter Hay. <laughs> it's like... I don't know what we're talking about. The guy can clearly play, but it's that... I hear that song, it's just... Okay, he's like shredding over two chords, and it's like fine, but it's it it's like this is really a standout track here. This is mm. this is a triumph. I don't know. It's just kind of going back to Hot Rats. Every moment of that album has got oomph behind it. It's it's it is going somewhere. It's it's making a statement. It ties together. It feels part of a larger thing. It feels cohesive. Mm. I mean, even what we just heard, it was fine, but like underachieving. What, what would be the word for it? Why didn't it grab us as much? It, it, the parts weren't as memorable as in the first one. Yeah, the melodies weren't as memorable for me. I don't know. No. It was. It wasn't bad though. I, I yeah. could listen to that. All right. So maybe the the monkeys typed out a uh, Midsummer's Night Dream there. <laughs> sure. Uh, do you know about how he just worked? I mean, obviously, because he has so many albums. But yeah, like two albums a year. Oh, more. Ooh, easily more. But just he never stopped working. He talks about 15 hours a day, plugging away as much as he physically could. Must be great to be married to somebody like that. But just like music, music, music all the time, always writing. <laughs> Phantom Thread. It feels like yeah. every single idea that ever happened to occur to him, he had to record it and release That's it. That's what's so admirable. Like, don't we all as artists want to be able to push ourselves to that degree? Yes, you're going to not always get knock it out of the park, but... You know, you're constantly pushing yourself. I don't I res- know. I respect him. Matt Matt Farley can pull it off. <laughs> okay. Matt Farley, there's there's more <laughs> he heart himself. in a lot of Matt Farley songs. He pushes himself, yeah. yeah. I mean, unless he's singing about poop. I mean, take your pick of his forty thousand song catalog. But I don't know. I feel my my big hang up hang up with Zappa is nothing ever got to breathe. He never really reflected on any of his things bef- more to really. Th- All right, what's like the best statement I can make. Ooh, should I have revised this part? Is this maybe a little extra? I don't need this in here. It was just always fucking go, 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 pot after pot of coffee. I don't mm. I don't like it. I don't like that approach. I've just always I'm always gonna make something. Every idea that comes to my mind, however abstract or seemingly like atonal and consequential, it's just uh, put it all out there in a big pile. I don't know. I don't know okay. if I'm down with that. Yeah. I I appreciate what he's done more than love it. It's the same way I feel, you know, that I was saying at the beginning. It's like, I, I admire him. I respect what he's done. I respect Zappa fans. Like, it's, I feel like it's a feat to explore all that. It's a testament to your patience, yeah. Yeah, it's it's just frustrating to me more than anything else. It's like... He does have a lot of styles. He does everything. I mean, it's you know it's yeah. him, but like, you know, album to album. Yeah, hard rock. He's bound to find something. Blues, jazz, electronic, avant-garde classical he runs a gamut but it never it doesn't have the this the magic sauce behind it usually it just feels like it exists because he just mm. wanted to work that day it, didn't, it doesn't feel like it's coming from some bigger place <laughs> some of it does feel like yeah he's putting in the hours he just yeah. wants to impose himself on you it's not he's not channeling something greater i don't know mm. but all right maybe what should we do should we listen to one more hot rats track before we try to find another non-hot rats track to expand our horizons we'll bounce back and forth sure yeah i mean i'm i'm down with the weird stuff let's let's do it must be a camel i've always found this one compelling 
what's going on with that percussion, but I love it. <laughs> Never heard anything like it. Skittering. kind of raw about this record. I mean, great ideas. Obviously, the arrangements are thought out, but the way that it's played is very organic. Maybe that's what you like about it. Naturalistic. Yeah. I feel like I get smarter listening to this. <laughs> it's so it's just weird enough. Yeah. It doesn't cross the line. And there are cheeky moments, but it always comes back to a baseline of uh, weird beauty. Just a cool, weird, jazzy instrumental tune there. It's a great song. Yeah, I guess, I mean, maybe it's obvious, but I'll put it out there. If you're listening to this and you are one of those Zappa heads. We love you. Don't get upset. Well, yeah, I mean, you, hopefully you understand, though. I mean, I know if, if you... I would. If you have the patience, if you have the inclination, feel free to reach out. Let us know where else, if anywhere... Yeah, what do we do? How do we get yeah, in? We're, well, help, I don't, help us. I'm not going to be a Zappa fan, but I would like to know if there was at least one other album or one other, you know, this part of this live recording from 1988 or whatever. Like, is there anything else that might draw me in just as much? Maybe it's Sudeler. I don't think it's Joe's Garage. But if there's any other small part of this guy's gigantic discography that I might also be able to get into. that That's... Have you ever disliked an artist for years and then gotten turned around on them oh yeah like has that ever yeah. happened who would you say steely dan was that way yeah <laughs> i'm still waiting for that dam to break uh, yeah for the dan to break yeah no it's it's happened like harry nilson just totally went over my head until mm. i was like 18 i don't know there's plenty of examples if i thought about it mm. i mean it's not going to happen it's not going to happen with don't eat that yellow snow i or <laughs> A lot of his songs would not fare so well in 2023, if I'm, if I'm remembering them correctly. Sure. Uh, I don't know. Even like Cocaine Decisions. I don't know if you know that song. <laughs> no. It's a pretty interesting take to have in 1983. And it, I don't know. There's some aspects of it were like interesting, but it's still, it just had this relentless nasal abrasive quality that Zappa always brings, especially in the vocals. And I, yeah, I just keep getting shut out. That's my experience time and time again. Mm. But let's let's try one more track. Uh Zoodalure, okay. that that was that maybe could go somewhere. But let's also try uh a lot of people were raving about this one. Uh the song is Inca Roads okay. from the album One Size Fits All, nineteen seventy five.
Sounds like Thundercat. <laughs> it does sound exactly like you know, that vocal, that like falsetto thing. Yeah. Lost me right there. This this lost me. Alright, now I'm kinda back. How are we feeling about this Longo? Uh, yeah, this is what I think of when I think of Frank Zappa, I think of this kind of thing. <laughs> he lost me. Yeah. Uh, it's just not the right way in no. for me. Maybe there's a way I could get there, but it's a long and arduous road. It's not going to start with me liking that song. It's supposed to be one of the beginner-friendly ones, or at least I thought. Damn. It's. It, I think my eternal gripe with the guy is... Put down the coffee, take some more breaks, like live your life a little more away from the keyboard. Fucking slow it down. There are too many ideas. Everything I ever hear from him, it's like 16 very challenging, mm. weird ideas, but just like, it's all, it's too dense. It's too, it's always going to be too overwhelming for me. Mm. He gets me for like 20, 30 seconds at a time and then he loses me. It's a lot. It's a damn shame. There's a lot happening. Well, we tried. We did. We gave it a shot. I, I'd, I'd love for somebody to make me an intro playlist. Sure. You know, Again, he's got thousands of songs, you know, not as much as Matt Farley, but a worthy opponent. I'm sure, just back to the monkeys on the typewriters, I'm sure you can show me some more instrumentals that get me, but I don't know how to find them. I'm, 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 I'm getting too tired trying. I'm too damn old, too damn tired. Yeah, I need someone to help me. With Zappa, I feel like I'm more willing to make the journey. I've tried a few different times with a few different albums. Sometimes I've really picked like the wrong album on purpose, you know, mm -hmm. like something that's really far out to be like, well, maybe this is the way in, but it's yeah. always wrong. Weasels rip my flesh or some shit. Weasels rip my flesh, yeah. Yeah. <sighs> so that's, that's all I had. And I could be wrong, but I don't think so. Right, yeah. I don't think uh, I don't think we learned too much today. I think you heard some cool Halloween music. Yeah, I, I learned particularly Colin Stetson. I was glad oh, to, yeah. to know the name behind the freaking creepy sounds there. Love me some Colin Stetson. Mr. Bass Sax. Yeah, I don't think we learned anything with yeah. that, but I, I feel like we have not budged on our position. But I'm my mind is open. I'm here. I'm here for the convincing. Yeah. I might check out Zoot Lil a little bit more after I'm. That wasn't after bad. I'm done with the oh, hot rod sessions. That. Sure. Yeah. Well, what a radical idea to introduce on this podcast, huh? Frank Zappa's music is off-putting. <laughs> I, I did it, guys. <laughs> wow. Yeah. No, but if you haven't checked out Hot Rats before, you owe it to yourself. Mm -hmm. um, anything you want to plug? I feel like we haven't done that in a while. Anything you got coming up, Thin Lear? No, I'm just working, just recording new music next year, and many. Many pieces of news to come. Mm -hmm. That's all I have to say. I'm in the same boat, brother. Uh, well, if you enjoyed this episode today of Losing My Opinion, go ahead and subscribe so you never miss a future episode. 
You can follow Losing My Opinion on Instagram, TikTok, or Chris Krauss. X. And, uh, yeah, could be wrong now. I don't think so. That's, that's all I got today. Wow. Yeah. Lackluster. Mm-hmm. And I'll say, so long, suckers, or whatever. I don't know. And she said, with a tear in her eye. Watch out where the huskies go, don't you eat that yellow snow. Watch out where the huskies go, don't you eat that yellow snow.